What's good, everybody? This is the Black Men Unlearning Podcast. I am your co-host, Kyle Brooks. And I'm your co-host, Edwin Lee. Yes, and today we are talking about a topic that is absolutely essential to every human being on this planet, and that topic is food. Everyone's got to eat. Everybody... I, well, I'm going to make a blanket statement that everyone likes good food. Yeah, yeah, I would say that's that's accurate. I, I, would, I would get there. You know, we just coming off the Labor Day holiday. And so, you know, we got together, threw a little bit on the on the grill. I, I, I got to work on my charcoal grilling skills. I'm not that great. But we got down in the kitchen, threw together some good food. So, yeah, you know, this is near and dear to our hearts. Absolutely. Man, you know, on the subject of charcoal grilling, right? Like there's such an art and a science at once and mm-hmm. trying to bring it all together definitely takes time and practice. Uh, you know, hashtag we talking about practice. Hey, <laughs> shout out to our previous episode. <laughs> yes, please check out that episode on practice. I think it'll be real good for you. Yeah. Um, but um, what I think about too is right not just that that sort of labor of uh, preparing food, but also what um, preparing our own food invites us into into a different relationship with the things that we eat and consume. Uh, it's not just something we ordered from somewhere. It's not just uh, you know an animal or a vegetable that someone prepared in some time or space and then delivered to us fully ready. Uh, But we really wanted to make a point to talk about uh, one, just some of the joys of our engagement with food, what it means for us to cook and to prepare, particularly as men, and to own that, yo, this can be a really fun and enjoyable and beneficial thing for us in so many ways. But a lot of folks, and particularly many men, I would say, have an aversion to cooking, to getting into the kitchen. And there's a host of reasons for that. Uh, And we'll delve into some of that in the course of our conversation. But uh, yeah, you know, Edwin, um, I know you to be uh, an excellent cook. Hmm, Well, thank you, brother. Yeah, you know, do a little bit, do what I can. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. And, And I appreciate that this is a sort of thing that we have bonded around as friends as um I mean it's funny I was thinking about (laughs) about it uh you know Labor Day I was like yeah we really did like make everything Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that's 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 just kind of how it went um and you know it was you know no no big no big deal just do do what we do casually you know enjoying some time in the kitchen on the grill but you know I say that to say that yeah, that doesn't have to be strange or unusual or odd. And in fact, it's quite gratifying. I mean, there there are few things that feel as good to me as preparing food for folks and then getting to watch them enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, and also getting to see how you have brought something from just these individual ingredients into something that's composed, right? Um, so you made... Uh, a chimichurri for some of the meats and stuff that we had yeah. um, and so right this is a sauce that's a it's oil it's vinegar it's garlic it's parsley right it's a yeah. few other odds and ends but when these things all come together in the right amounts it becomes something totally different and that kind of process is something that has helped me to fall in love with the process of cooking um and to you know explore and to get excited about how you can play with different flavors and things like that uh, to make what can become mundane or feel like it's too much to do uh, into something that's more exciting and more joyful. And I mean, you know, as you talked about us making the food for for Labor Day, like that was a joyful experience, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Just being able to kind of spend time in that space uh, and cook good things uh, and get some good results out of the things that we did cook, right? Uh, it's, 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 it's a good time. Um, so you talked a little bit about, you know, how being in the kitchen can be something for 
man that doesn't feel approachable or maybe it doesn't feel like something uh, that we've been introduced to. Um, what are some of the reasons that you've seen uh, for folks not really getting into the kitchen and why did you uh, find it maybe easy or an easy transition to get into the kitchen if it was a transition at all? Man, that's such a good question because it has me now remembering my earliest entry into the kitchen. So to the first part, I think for some men, there is a kind of socialized or ingrained idea that cooking is the work of other people, that cooking is what women do, quote unquote. Now, we know by virtue of practice and observation, that is not true, right? Like there's no, there's no inherent uh, notion that, oh, women are inherently better at cooking and that's the work women ought to do. Like, no, like people who know how to cook can cook. And people who uh, put in the practice, uh, develop the facility, can really produce wonderful things um, for others to, uh, to consume and to enjoy. And for me, as a kid, uh, growing up, uh, living mostly with my grandparents, uh, the way my grandparents divided the labor of the home and the upkeep of the home, my grandmother did the cooking. Uh, so my grandmother generally cooked uh, Monday through Friday. Uh, so she's very, you know, very old school kind of kind of approach to things. Uh, you know, we we, of course, you know, we had we had leftover leftovers here and there, um, you know, before meal prep was a thing. Right? Um, and uh, and the funny thing is, you know, sometimes leftovers were hard to come by because you know, between me and my brothers, right? Like being growing boys and yeah, my man. grandmother cooking is like, ah, uh, yeah, that may not last like two days or three days. That might be like a wrap tonight or <laughs> between tonight and tomorrow morning. Like somebody's gonna want a snack. Somebody's gonna want something, right? And so, so I was accustomed to my grandmother cooking and she was a phenomenal cook, like just made all kinds of like wonderful things and would, uh, you know, had some of the best fried chicken and would make peach cobbler and pound cake and uh you know all the other you know smothered uh smothered pork chops and i like the list carl like bruh, just, you yeah, know take us there take us we there. i mean we ate good right and we uh and you know so growing up in that context i was used to having good home-cooked meals on the regular um as i got a little older uh, you know, I come home from school, I might want a little something, you know, a snack or something, because my grandmother hadn't started cooking yet. Or this is one of the benefits of living with uh with older folk is they tended to kind of, you know, their whole timeline on the day was shifted a little earlier. So dinner was a little earlier, yeah. first, right? Like I would like I would sometimes get home from stuff after school and my, my grandmother had already, you know, was doing whatever she did during the day and already cooked. So the food was just kind of like, you know sitting warm on the stove or in the oven um but yeah there were times where oh i wanted something or maybe you know if my grand like if my grandmother made like uh like my granddad grew up on like you know very old school like country type stuff right so he like he he would love to have a, like you know some black eyed peas and cornbread mm -hmm. and he could be happy with that or uh stuff like liver and onions which I don't, I don't fool with at all. Like, nah. <laughs> it's not, it does not do it for me. But um, part of, part of how, what, to, to this, to this point, right? Like, so when I wanted something different, um, you know, my grandmother would, uh, you know, keep stuff in the, you know, fridge or freezer. So it was like, okay, if you want to make something, you can. Um, but she really, you know, showed my siblings and I how to take, uh, take initiative and it'd be like, Hey, you know, you watch me cook and do stuff in the kitchen all the time. Like your hands and your feet work. You can make, you can make something happen in the kitchen too. So that's really how I got started. Like just making little things for myself. Like, so, you know, learning to get comfortable, uh, you know, okay. If I want to make some, make some French fries or make me a hamburger or something, right. Like, or just, you know, learning different, le learning different, different techniques and stuff, right. Like just start starting simple. 
Right. Um, and it was through those that simplicity, right? Like that I developed an enjoyment of the process. And then over time, as I became a young man and was out living on my own, um, and particularly post-college, no longer in the dorms, no longer, you know, on that meal plan, it was like, okay, how do you how do you want to do this? Like you have some money where you can, you know, if you want to pick up lunch or grab something here on the side, you can do that. But I found a great deal of enjoyment and just preparing food for myself mm-hmm. and for others. So that's really what kickstarted it for, for me was started out of like necessity, but then um, grew into a thing that even if I want to cook all day, every day, knowing that I had some things in my back pocket and that I was willing to get to it made all the difference how about you man uh so my mom did most of the cooking but my dad definitely could cook um and my dad pretty much did all the grilling so I would kind of get the 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 part where I would see my mom in the kitchen and work with her uh and she invited us to to be helpful uh as I was you know uh probably less than 10 years old, but trying in that maybe second, third, fourth grade area uh, is when we started getting invited into uh, the kitchen to help with things and stuff like that. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, my dad would invite us out to watch the grill and tell us, you know, how you're supposed to flip and when you're supposed to do stuff. So um, getting that kind of experiential education, if you will, all the uh-huh. way uh through high school really helped to kind of develop that skill and confidence also we were a family who would watch tv around dinner so you know yeah uh the cooking shows like food network was on at our house quite a bit uh so you're getting ideas of recipes and things like that and my family would try uh recipes i should probably say that i'm from louisiana if you don't know that already so you know we are a a just we're just a food place that's what we're known (laughs) for right so my um, orientation to uh, very dope food is also a very familial thing, right? So um, my late grandmother on my father's side didn't have to measure anything, would make crawfish etouffee. I'm not, I'm sorry if you're listening to this like around lunchtime or something like that and I'm causing problems and Kyle and I are both causing problems and we're just gonna list off uh, dishes. But you know, all the Louisiana food, my mom, my grandmother, could make an amazing gumbo, you know, like just amazing, right? Uh, And so, you know, being exposed to that and so many of the people in my family uh, having that ability, uh, my grandmother on my mother's side also just like, just could throw it down. So uh, this is something that I was uh, particularly exposed to. My only kind of male influence for cooking though is my, it's, it's like I said, my dad. Uh, and so I can remember uh, having some feelings like, hey, the woman in my life, whoever that's going to be in the future, she's going to have to cook because all these women in my life that I know know how to cook. But, you know, I'm an adult now, so I don't think silly things like that. Um, yeah. I have a cool uh, ability uh, to cook really well uh, and I get a lot of uh, enjoyment from it. Right. So uh, definitely a, a familial thing. Uh, it was always cool kind of in college and moving into grad school when I would throw something together, like some red beans when I was up here for grad school in Columbus and I'd make some red beans and rice and folks would taste the red beans and rice and be like, yo, you're from Louisiana. And I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> recognize yeah. and respect the skill, you know? So, you know, uh, <laughs> it's, um, it's always been something that's a part of my life and a dope thing. I think the the difficulty that I can name mm-hmm. with food is that graduate school was a very stressful time and a time where I had a lot of uh, challenges with being able to regiment out time to do things for myself. And often cooking was falling by the wayside during that time. And so mm-hmm. it, the convenience of food uh, is something that I really started to, to focus on but not only the convenient convenience of the award, the reward of it, right? So that, you know, if I just buy some myself something good, this is the thing I can control. Like I have something nice and I can feel good because this, this day hasn't felt that good, right? 
And I want something mm-hmm. quick because I've been working all day. I've been putting in all this work. And I think that that points to um, some, some, you know, ideas of some challenges that we may have with the approaching food uh, from the standpoint of how our work lives work as well. For sure. Uh, so much of the relationship to food, I think, gets ingrained around schedule and timing and how we're feeling. Um, if we don't plan for it, if we don't integrate it into our lives, it becomes very difficult to make it into a habit of practice. Uh, and I, I recognize that part of the challenge for me, particularly as, a, as an adult male living by myself and providing for myself, is knowing that if I don't think about it, I'm going to get to the, the dinner time and not know what I want and not be prepared to get up and do something because I'm sitting on this couch and it feels real nice and comfy. And so the immediate default can be to something that's quick or easy or convenient, um, but isn't satisfying in the way that I know something else would really be, right? So, I mean, I, I think about <laughs> when, we were, when we were sitting, uh, you know, sitting there eat, eating, man, and um, I took a bite of like, that steak with the chimichurri and in that moment i was like yo this is so good yeah it was it blessed why like why would i why would i eat fast food when i could have this like this is this is so fresh and so tasty and like didn't take all year to make like but it does take a certain kind of orientation to the discipline and saying this is a thing I'm intentionally going to choose to do and practice doing and get into a rhythm, get into a cycle of it. Um, you know, you got me to thinking about, yeah, for, I think for, for a lot of us, like, and, you know, same here, grad school was, uh, man, just at, at times such a stressful thing that um, much like with our work, like if you don't plan ahead, you are planning to fail. Like if you, 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 you have to make, um, room and you have to do it intentionally. Um, and so what I found is, you know, at this sort of point in like my adult, adult life and working life, um, I've, I've been able to find more of the joy in cooking. Shout out to Julia Child. Um, (laughs) um, this, this is, yeah, this is, this is the kind of conversation is going to be today, y'all, because I, we're, we're both cooking nerds of, of sorts, right? Who, who love like, like we will, we, we've literally had times where we've talked about like, man, you know, so I got, I got this, you know, got this sausage from the butcher with these particular herbs and it's got X, Y, Z going on. And I paired that with this, that, the other, like we all, we also like, we're the kind of dudes who are like, you know, green vegetable, like, yeah, let's do some asparagus. Yeah, man. Like some, let's, throw that, let's throw that on the grill. Right. Let's, right. What talking about, let's do that. Exactly. And this is the kind and I'm and this is what I'm saying. This is the kind of joy that's available um, when we allow ourselves to think of like procuring and preparing food is not just a thing that has to get done, but a thing we get to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's dope. Yeah, man. I you know, I've I've also taken to like learning extensively about food and and about cooking and the science behind it too right so yeah. i watched a lot of alton brown so good eats is a uh, a good resource those episodes are on a streaming server i believe they're on hulu right mm-hmm. um but learning about how cooking really works and what's actually happening when you're cooking uh really helps you to have an understanding of why you're doing certain things I also think from almost like a, a studying, quote unquote studying, if you will, right, uh, standpoint, following recipes really helps you to understand how flavors are de- developed and what goes together. And that can be exciting because when you get to a point of maybe looking at what you have in the cabinet and trying to figure out what you can make or uh, mm-hmm. riffing on an, an established uh, recipe, because you understand what goes together and what what might taste good together. If you have done some of that, it really helps you to pull things together. And you might surprise yourself 
with some of the things that you can create. Um, and so that part is also very joyful. So if you're a person who likes to think through things and to learn and understand how things work, you know, cooking is a good space to, to, to do that and get about that practice because it's, it's, it's also very easy for you to see how what you're putting in produces a thing, right? And to connect, you know, that, that input with a really solid output pretty quickly. For sure. And I, and I would say this goes a long way towards uh, developing a facility with and a comfort with cooking is when you also learn what are the things to keep on hand? Uh, what's to, what, what do you kind of keep uh, around you so that you create an environment, a context where cooking is easy to happen? Yes. And it, is, it doesn't have to be, you know, starting completely from, from scratch every time. And even just, I mean, one of the things too that I think has brought a lot of, uh, has invigorated my cooking practice is also knowing when to like every, every time doesn't have to be trying out a new recipe or doing something like super major. Um, it, sometimes, you know, what can be fun too is to take, uh, you know, take something that maybe was, uh, was store-bought or store-made and, you know, kind of zhuzh it up, like give it, you know, a different, different kind of profile at, you know, just add some things to it. So, um, listen, you can, you can do a lot with grocery store rotisserie chicken and you can, you can make those things, you can make these things work. And so it, 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 so it then becomes not just about like, you know, having to, you know, you don't have to be like a gourmand, right? Like you don't have to be, uh, you know, a fancy chef, but you develop skills that enable you to produce a satisfying outcome. And for me, that's really what it's about. Like I, a satisfying meal just sits well with me. It does something for my well-being, for my attitude. Um, and you just feel differently when you've eaten something that's fulfilling and that, um, you know, as they say, you say, you know, like sticks to your ribs, right? Yeah. Uh, and not, not just something throwaway, but something that really is like, okay, this is quality. And I like, I just believe that part of our care for ourselves holistically in life has to include uh, a commitment to quality because yeah. that's another thing too right and that, this is I I shopped differently as a college student as a you know or even as a like a master student when I when I when I slid into the PhD realm I think by that point I just decided okay there are things I'm going to commit to uh, so stuff like because I like baking, I said, I am going to buy a KitchenAid stand mixer, mm. which every, like that ain't, that ain't what everybody wants in their kitchen or like even needs. It's like, oh man, I ain't trying to cook like that. Or I ain't trying to do all this work or, you know, but I was thinking like, man, baking is one of the things that I really love to do. And I definitely got like inherited that from my grandmother. Um, Cause watching her bake and learning to appreciate how much time it takes to do certain things made me so much more uh, appreciative of the process and of the outcome. Cause like it, there's a sense of pride when you make something and you see someone eat and they're like, yo, that's fire. Right. Or they don't even say that, but they just point with that fork. Like, yeah, oh, this right here. <laughs> and so like, and while I'm thinking about that, I, I'm I'm curious, Edwin, what what's something that you really enjoy preparing? That's kind of like an an Edwin Lee signature. And so, listen, I'm gonna go super basic, and then I'm gonna go what I'm gonna call easy. So again, from Louisiana, my dad was born in Louisiana, right? So uh, mm -hmm. we ain't above just some egg and rice. You know what I'm saying? And yep. so I know how to cook rice on the stove, but I would encourage you to get a rice cooker because it just makes it quick and you just can't, and you can't miss when you get you the can't, rice cooker, right? Can't you can't miss. miss. So the rice cooker makes it easy. But man, just scrambling up some eggs and learning how to scramble your eggs right by using a YouTube video so you don't have eggs that are hard. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Don't put the pepper in too early. That's a thing that I've learned by trial and error, right? I put the pepper in at the last minute and I freshly grind the pepper, right? I don't use the, yeah. the pre-ground stuff because 
You get better flavor out of the pepper when you do that, right? Trial and error again, right? Super simple, very basic, but a very delicious stick to your ribs type thing. You're actually, if you're buying some good eggs and uh, you cook up your rice, you have something that's, that's good to sustain you, right? Uh, what I've recently done is like, I like pasta. So, uh, and I'm a big fan of pesto. And so there's a little pesto that's very, uh, very good ingredients uh, at Kroger out here. Uh, it's, it's simply pesto. And I guess the, I guess this is Italian. So it's, I don't know if you roll the L or not, but it's Delalo or Delalio. I don't know. I don't speak that language, but the, the point is it's a very simple, good ingredients pesto that comes in a jar. Now, initially, when I started using this, I would make my pasta noodles and I'd throw that pesto on top of it and maybe some chicken and that was it. But what I learned is that I could play around with some good pasta uh, that's cut with bronze dyes uh, and get some more out of the dry pasta and the dish itself. So, you know, cutting up a, a few mushrooms and a whole pack of spinach, slicing it up and and kind of cooking that down on the side. Once mm -hmm. the pasta noodles are a good al dente and they're done throwing that all into the uh, pot together. And with the cooking of the pasta noodles, again, from watching YouTube, I've learned you don't need that much water. In fact, you should use less water because you want more of the starches from the pasta to be present in the water because it helps for the sauce to stick to the noodles and to emulsify when you mix everything together. So, Man, just dropping that jar of pesto in there with the pasta and the spinach and the mushrooms and then throwing like a few splashes, maybe like a quarter cup of the pasta water that's got all that uh, starch from the pasta into it and tossing mm -hmm. that together. It's almost like a cream sauce. It gets to emulsify so well. So like real simple, quick weeknight thing. And it's actually really, really delicious, right? And I've learned to add some lemon juice to, cause acid helps to brighten things up and red pepper flakes. So I've just been kind of tweaking this jar of sauce for, for over a year now. And it's become a dish that's like really, really good and very simple and easy to pull together. Very dope, very dope. I love, <clears throat> I love that. And this, this is the, the big advantage we have now is that with the advent of things like YouTube I mean, you can, there's video of people preparing just about everything. Yeah. There's so many simple and easy recipes that you can try out and develop a comfort with. So like you have a go-to thing in your back pocket. I will, I will definitely say this now. I don't, uh, you know, in the, in this age of, uh, of pan of pandemic, I'm not exactly like, you know, throwing dinner parties on the regular. Right. But, um, when I was, uh, Back when I, back when I was uh, in, in, when I lived in Connecticut, uh, the place where I stayed, I had access to a really dope kitchen, like stainless steel, everything. And I had room to move around and I had like a little broiler joint and like mixers and all the attachments, all the, all the bells and whistles. Right. So I would do like dinner parties for my friends, maybe like once a month or so. Um, and I would just use that as an opportunity to like, okay, I'm gonna go all out. Like I'm gonna try out this new recipe. I'm gonna develop some of my, uh, you know, my back pocket stuff. Uh, I'm gonna, you know, and the thing I started to fall in love with, which really was why I ended up getting, uh, getting a mixer, mm. uh, was, so my grandmother uh, used to make the most delicious homemade yeast rolls. And as a kid, I mean, back, back in my like, you know, you know, very chubby phases of my youth, like your boy was not afraid of a good carb. Um, and so holidays, you know, 4th of July, Labor Day weekend, anytime we was barbecuing or having like a big family meal, like the rolls happen. And like, you know, from start to finish, like you're going to spend of a few hours on it just yeah. in the preparation letting the dough sit letting it rise doing all the things necessary right like the baking process takes relatively little time compared to all the preparation which there's a there's a lesson in story in wow. there right but um what I, but i learned to like fall in love with that process and i loved you know i would i would i would put on some music and 
I would just get out the ingredients and, you know, I'm working this dough and having my hands in it. And like something about that process really just became beautiful to me. And I learned to love that. And, I, and, and when I do that, I think of my grandmother. Yeah. And so she becomes present through my baking. Uh, and, and just remembering all of like remembering in my mind, like watching her, like I could see the images in my mind of her uh, on her, like kitchen kitchen stool in the in the in the kitchen and like just working the materials and, and always like making a, a bunch of different things at once right? right um she uh just by practice like she didn't teach me how to do it but i watched her and decided yo i want to do that uh so now and so then being able to like have those practices and make meals for friends like it was one, like it was really gratifying when your friends are like, yo, I really enjoyed your food. Like that's such a great feeling, like to know people are happy and satisfied from something you made for them. Um, but also I think just the the beauty of also how we gather community around food. Yeah. Because um, everybody's got to eat, but everybody doesn't have to eat together. They don't necessarily have to uh, decide that, you know, we're going to contribute to this meal in these ways. And so that for me, like, is something that, you know, I look forward to when um, I can really get back in that, in that bag. Cause I love that. But um, I will say this for signature, signature dish um, besides the yeast rolls, which, you know, necessarily are not like an every week kind of thing. Um, I started doing like a, I would do like friends giving, uh, with friends and so I started working on like a little turkey recipe because I'm like so turkey is one of those things people feel like oh you're supposed to have for Thanksgiving but also it's usually dry and terrible yeah then they, then um, they don't be doing it right exactly right right now I was like okay well I'm not somebody's uh you know uncle I'm clear well I am somebody's uncle but I ain't the kind of uncle who's <laughs> getting a like a, a big deep fryer that's gonna like fry a turkey Though fried turkey is absolutely delicious. I've done it a couple of times. It's wonderful. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's really, it's really, really wonderful. Um, but what I did do was like, okay, people complain often that like, you know, turkey can be dry and bland and boring. So I was like, okay, let me actually like figure out something that can actually be really interesting and cool. So um, because I, I was like not feeding like, uh, you know, an army of people, I was like, okay, I can maybe get away with just doing like a turkey breast. So I started doing like a turkey breast with, uh, and I have like, uh, it was like citrus and herbs and white wine. And I would do like the orange and lemon slices underneath the skin with the herbed butter and uh, do my different seat, you know, did a brine for the turkey. So it would absorb all of those flavors before I'm doing all this other prep. Uh, and then white wine that uh, it both bakes in and like you put all, all you know, over the, the skin of the turkey and like it would just come out so juicy and moist and flavorful. And I was like, yo, that's the way to that's the way to do it. So that became a thing that like for for holiday gatherings with friends, like that became my thing that I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and every time it's just like, yo, this is I have fun doing it and they have fun eating it. Right. Right. And so what we presented is like a spectrum from basic things to more complex recipes and things like that, that that you can do. And I think if you're really looking to start cooking, it really does start with your equipment. And so making sure that you have uh, the necessary items to make cooking approachable, to make cooking comfortable. I think when we don't have these things, it's all the more reason why we don't wanna do it, right? So let's say if you don't have a good thermometer and you're trying to cook chicken, you run into yeah. situations where you pull the chicken and then you sitting down to eat and your chicken's not cooked all the way through. And then you got to stop everything. And this is a very uncomfortable experience, right? And so knowing a few things, the knowledge part of it, you know, take your chicken out a little bit early so it's not cold in the middle and the bone's not cold. So it's difficult to bring it up to temperature is an important thing. So 30 minutes, I think, is the, the, the time that you should have it out of the refrigerator and come into room temperature. Uh, mm -hmm. It should be already thawed. Uh, that's that other part, right? But having a digital thermometer and you can, you know, hop on the Target app or the Target website uh, and there's a good $15 digital thermometer. Nothing has, it doesn't have to be crazy expensive, but being able to have that and just check your chicken without tearing into it 
and potentially drying it out with that thermometer makes a big difference, right? So having things like that, um, having uh, mixing bowls, and I'm actually yep. saying mixing bowls because I'm about to go buy some more because my whole situation is I don't really have bowls right now. And I'm sitting here looking around, getting frustrated because I don't have anything big enough to toss a nice dinner salad in. And this is ridiculous, right? So exactly. uh, mixing bowls is an important thing. One of my favorite and most important things that I have in the kitchen is the cast iron skillets because they hold so much heat and they're so versatile. You can warm up a cold slice of pizza in a cast iron skillet and yeah. that bottom will be nice and crispy, not soggy like it be in your microwave, right? Or mm -hmm. you can do a steak in a cast iron skillet. We did steaks in the cast iron because the grill was failing us uh, this yep. past weekend, right? And it works really well, right? And the cool thing about all of this, I will go back to it. Just hop on YouTube and I will say uh, a great YouTube channel I have been using uh, is the Babish Culinary Universe uh, with uh, a home cook named Andrew Ray, who does a series called Binging with Babish, where he takes food from shows and recreates it uh, for his YouTube channel. But he also has another series that I think is really beneficial for what we're talking about that's called Basics with Babbage. And on each episode, he goes through and talks about kitchen tools. He talks about basics of breaking down a whole chicken and cooking chicken parts, uh, mm -hmm. everything from to more complex dishes as well. And so if you use something like that, it gives you a really good insight on how to get the easy things or the, the, the simplest level of things right with cooking a burger or uh, cooking chicken or what have you. And so when you can get those things down, then you can take on more complicated or challenging recipes uh, because you have those things. But first things first, uh, and we'll link to his YouTube channel as well in the show notes so that you can access that. But first things first is get some, get some good equipment, get some good pots, right? Uh, investing, you know, 80 to $100 on a solid set of pots makes a big difference from something that has a very thin bottom and doesn't hold and conduct a lot of heat. Uh, and that will help you to cook consistently and make it so the recipes that you're cooking actually translate to what you're doing uh, in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. To that, I would also add having a good set of knives. Like you don't need every knife in existence, nope. right? Like maybe you're not, you know, maybe you're not deboning fish. Okay, you don't need you don't need all the little specialty joints, right? Like maybe you're not shucking oysters, right? But if you have like a gr good like sharp like one good like just utility kitchen knife, mm -hmm. like a nice chef's knife for like yes. you know slice and dice and all the all the things you need to in a kitchen that uh, is very versatile that will take you far. Uh, like having a nice uh, a nice with a knife with a nice uh, serrated edge. Mm -hmm. So if you're cutting things like say, you know, uh, a baguette, right? Yes. Um, or, you know, some something that you want to have like a, a nicer clean, clean cut, but it might also be harder to slice through. Serrated knife is great for that. Little paring knife for doing, you know, cutting up your, uh, your fruits and, uh, you know, some things you're doing with vegetables, right? Like these are, you know, if you got those three, and and you can keep like uh you know get a little knife sharpener like wh wherever you're buying uh buying buying knives and like once again a place like target great place to get this stuff you can get a little knife sharpener just keeps them fresh ready to use and it just makes all the difference um as as much as you can make the the prep process and the cooking process seamless like this is the kind of stuff you want to have um Another thing I would say, you know, stuff like having a, you know, a good, I like to have a good glass measuring cup. Yes. Um, and this is great because glass, unlike plastic, is not porous. And uh, so that means it's going to clean up a lot better. Um, and because you, you don't, you don't want to be cooking stuff or measuring things and you can never quite get that smell or that residue off of something that like is porous plastic. So having a good uh, glass measuring cup uh, some measuring spoons. Those don't have to be, you know, anything too fancy, just stuff that helps you get your, your proportions right. Yes. Um, these are the, like the little things. And, and so once you develop, uh, so you can do a whole lot with the basics. 
And then once you develop your skill set or you just get interested in other things, you start to you start to add other stuff. So I for my for myself, I added um, a rice cooker, uh, which was great for when I wanted to prepare rice and portion it out through like the week. Right. Um, I added uh, my mixing bowl because I liked baking stuff from scratch. Um, I, I added, um, and it came in such handy this, this week. Um, I have like a, a counter, a little countertop grill, uh, where I can do just, you know, all kinds of stuff. And I mean, I throw everything on there. If I decide I'm gonna do a steak, some chicken, uh, some veggies, I'll even like, you know, grill some fruit or something on there. Just if I want, you know, want to mix it up. Um, so yeah, those are, those are like some basic things that you can do, um, to just elevate your, elevate your cooking game um and make it comfortable like you don't need a kitchen full of gadgets but um i would say keep things you will use yeah. so all the stuff i have is stuff that i use right right and you know you're talking about the things that we do to kind of prep and preparing really helps to make this approachable too and so a lot of times when we're making these dishes and things like that we're cutting up vegetables to start because this is the foundation of flavor. Now, listen, I'm gonna call some of y'all in. I'm not gonna call you out, I'm gonna call you in. Some of y'all have some issues with tomatoes and bell peppers and onions and even garlic. And so I want, I'm not, I'm not gonna judge you here. Mm -hmm. All I'm gonna say to you is, you need to pick two of those that you're going to incorporate into your life. I'm not gonna tell you you have to get rid of all, all of them or that you have to bring all of them into your life, but you you need to pick two because it can't be all four. It can't be all four. You need to pick two of this group uh, because they really do help us develop flavor. I mean, look, some of y'all mm -hmm. have had situations where people haven't quite cooked these things right for you. And that's why they seem to be nasty. And you don't, I agree with you. I don't want a big chunk of tomato just sitting in my food. That's not what I look for, right? No. All cooking isn't like that. So if you have some bad relationships with some of the, the ingredients that I listed, listed, I want you to know that it doesn't have to be like it was. That trauma does not have to define the rest of your life and relationship with these ingredients. You can let that go and we can do different, right? Uh, the best version of my understanding of developing flavor came from a famous chef from Louisiana, Paul Prudhomme, rest in peace. Um, but he has an andouille, which is a Louisiana sausage, an andouille dressing that I now make for Thanksgivings. And this mm. dressing starts with more onion, celery, and bell pepper than you would think could go in any one dish. And you cook this down so much to start that it almost looks like it's burning. And then you add even more of these and cook it down even more. And at the end of all that, you add a whole bunch of garlic. And I'm telling you like this dish is so amazingly delicious and you can Google it, or maybe I'll put this in the show notes as well. Uh, but the, the point is when you develop these kinds of flavors by cooking down these items, it really makes all the difference. And so giving things time and being patient with them, not pulling things too early. If the recipe says to reduce by half, to really think to yourself what half looks like and visualize that so you can actually get the reduction down, giving things enough time to break down in the pot, right? Um, those make all the difference. And a lot of this comes with not being so afraid to make a mistake. Um, when you're yeah. working with this food. And so this is a complicated point, right? Because for some of us, we can't afford to be wasting what we bought. And yeah. so I do want to point that out that, you know, our um, relationship with food isn't one that is the same for everyone. Food can be scarce in our culture. It should not be like that, but this is something that is very true. So, um, if this is not your situation and you find cooking to be something that's not particularly approachable, please extend yourself grace uh, such that you're not going into it saying to yourself, well, I'm not a good cook and I don't do this well, because that kind of perpetuates the situation that you end up with 
with your food not coming out well, right? Give yourself the space to make mistakes and to learn what you need to do next time. Because the truth of it is, we don't get great at this without making mistakes. There's really nothing that we we practice. Look at that, the last episode coming into us again, right? Um, there's nothing that we practice that does not benefit from our making mistakes with it, right? So we really yeah. do need to give ourselves the space to make those mistakes. Sometimes you, you, you realize, man, I should have let that go a little bit longer, or I should have pulled that a little bit earlier, or I shouldn't have added that when I added it. And learning those things really moves us to the point where we can make something that's really great. So it's important not to place ourselves in the position where we feel like we got to walk in the kitchen and come out with a perfect dish every time. That's not how it works. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's, it's all about, you know, progress over perfection. Come on. Um, There are some things I'm never going to be great at making. There's some things that the thought of beginning to make them is exhausting to me. Now, let's take, for instance, I enjoy croissants. Few things I, I like better than a nice flaky, buttery croissant. Do I feel like making them? No, because to really make them well, like takes, takes time and takes energy. And like there is technique, right? Um, so there, like, so there are lots of things that I that I enjoy that I also know like that takes some work. But what I also have enjoyed doing is when I think about the places where I go out to have a really excellent meal. And I think what I, what I love too, right? Like when I go out, when I go out to eat, it's not always necessarily to eat something really complicated or convoluted. Mm. Sometimes it's, I like going to a place where they just do a thing well and they understand like, yo, this is our wheelhouse. This is what we do. So when I go to a nice steakhouse, uh, you know, like a Smith and Valinsky, like I feel like last, last time we went out to eat, I feel like that was where we, where we were. We, um, Man, I had a delicious steak and these like smashed potatoes, not mashed, smashed, and then like cooked up really nice, crispy, like, you know, cast iron type stuff. And uh, I feel like I had maybe some asparagus or whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, this is a meal I can make at home. And so, but, and learning how to do those things. So doing the smashed potatoes for, for Labor Day weekend and, you know, getting my, my seasonings, my herbs and stuff together, like doing a nice steak, once again, cast iron, not super complicated. It just, it's just a matter of learning and getting the techniques right. Um, grilling my asparagus. And it's like, boom, I've got my steakhouse dinner here at home. And I didn't have to drive out somewhere and then order and wait for it and then be full driving home. Like I can make this in the comfort of my home and I can have a great time with it and it's delicious. So for me, like this is, it's that, that's, that's what it's really about, right? I, I developed my cooking skills, um, not so much for like impressing other people, but because I like the idea of adding this quality to my own life. Like, yo, if I'm gonna do anything and I ain't gonna do nothing else, I'm gonna eat good. Yeah, yeah. You know? And it don't take a lot to, to make some dope things, right? Um, I think no, no. learning about even you you mentioned herbs, right? So even learning how to use fresh herbs or adding those to some of the recipes that you're familiar with makes all the difference. Um, listen, if you are starting with like a canned chili, if you start out with some onions and some garlic and you cook them down a little bit to start and then add your chili to that, like you're doctoring yeah. up something and it, it's taking a skill that you know works in another context and adding it to uh, an already available product, right? And so you can doctor something up and make it better uh, by doing some of those little things. I will say from uh, the herb standpoint, getting back to that, cilantro is just lovely. And I am not among the group of you who taste soap when you put cilantro in your mouth. I'm so sorry that that is what happens to you. But for those yeah. of us who don't taste soap, my God, cilantro and basil. Ooh, goodness. I mean, you could just eat basil. Like you could just, you just like, just take it off the stem and just, I'm just saying, you, know, yeah. like you, you, by adding these things 
to your pasta sauces, uh, to the chicken that you might do in a pan or something, to your tacos. Listen, not yeah. showing your taco night, cutting up your own vegetables for your salsa. These little things make all the difference in the world. And every time you learn how to do something, it's a new skill and something that you can do for yourself and also flex with, because who are we kidding? We like to flex a little bit sometimes. So you could you could flex with your friends as well, but like, yo, like it is such an important thing. Uh, I mentioned earlier, even the idea of choosing to buy like the whole peppercorns and a pepper grinder instead yeah. of the ground pepper, right? Because the mm-hmm. pre-ground stuff just does not measure up to the stuff that you grind fresh. And so it makes a huge difference in how your food tastes and knowing even timing and when to add seasoning, right? Sometimes with vegetables, you throwing salt in the pan way too early. Yeah. Let some of the water cook out first and then add your seasoning. And this is stuff that you can pull, pull up through uh, YouTube videos, through watching the Food Network and Food Channel, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. just from your own experiences by changing up the things that you do uh, from time to time. So I think all of the things that we're saying is just like kind of get into the habit of playing around and really figuring out what's comfortable and what you like. Absolutely. I, I'm thinking, you know, as you were, you were talking, I was thinking about like how some of the things I really enjoy, it comes down to fresh ingredients and just like a simple preparation, letting things do what they do. So like, for instance, the chimichurri, learning to make chimichurri, which is, uh, it's a, it's a sauce that I want, I want to say it's a South American origins. Um, and it's pretty much like oil, vinegar, and herbs. Like that's basically oil, vinegar, herbs, garlic, right? And I love making it because it's just like, yo, this mixture of like fresh ingredients, but the payoff is so great. Like it's relatively little work for how great it makes things taste. So like drizzle some of that on your you know on your fish on your chicken on your steak on your shrimp whatever and it's like oh my goodness this is great and you can like you could really put it on anything it doesn't just have to be like meat right Mm -hmm. um but just the fact of learning how to add that sort of punch that flavor to the things you do i I feel like what, what a lot of people don't enjoy about cooking at home is this feeling of and this, so this is where I think this, the food science thing comes into it, right? So part of the reason we like, quote unquote, junk food, or have an affinity towards it, is because this stuff is engineered to appeal to our, uh, to our senses, to our, our sense of, of sweetness and saltiness. Mm-hmm. Um, these things are designed to kind of overload that. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm having like this, this incredible flavor experience that's super intense. And it's not like it's not like it's the best thing you you've ever had or enjoyed. It's just it feels so satisfying relative to the ease of procuring it or obtaining it. So I think about how, man, you know, for instance, French fries. Like, man, you know, something like McDonald's McDonald's fries, like they fresh out the fryer, a little salt on it. It's like, yo, this hits really great. And they're crispy and, and like, you can't be eating that stuff all the time. But like when I make my, you know, when I do like my smashed potatoes at home, I realize, oh, you know, what I actually really enjoy is this flavorful experience, but it doesn't like, sometimes it's this anxiety of, will this taste as good at home as it does when I'm somewhere else? And the fact of the matter is it can, if you if you really like put in the work to understand, yo, what makes things taste good to me? Like think about why you like the stuff you like Um, and, and learning how to honestly learning how to reproduce certain flavor profiles or just styles of cooking or things that I wanted to enjoy at home, like made such a huge difference. Like I wanted to come home and cook because I knew I was going to make something I was going to enjoy a lot. And the, the very approachable part of this is that whatever you are interested in cooking, 
Googling it will pull up a recipe for it that is highly rated. And you can just look at the ratings on those recipes to see what to follow. And so you can access good instructions for cooking something really good, really well. I also say things like a crock pot make a huge difference too. Being able to throw red beans in the crock pot and let them go for several hours or even something like a roast in the crock crock. Yeah, crock pot, crock pot. Uh-huh. Hard to say a bunch of times. Anyway, so throwing something like that into the uh, crock pot for several hours as well makes it easy for you to put something together, set it, come back later, and then all you have to do is put together a few sides here and there. Those things are very accessible, very easy to get to, right? Um, and so some of this is just starting simple, right? Get the right tools. Don't try to do too much and do things that you like, right? You don't have to go and try to hit a grand slam on on your first time cooking in the last year, right? You can just do something that's simple and accessible. And so trying those things and doing a thing simply and executed well really does hit the mark, right? You don't have to pull out all the stops. Mm Mm-hmm. Something I've also found really helpful for developing my cooking repertoire was thinking about, um, you know, I thought of another kitchen appliance I own, a waffle maker. Why? Because waffles are amazing. Um, But I, and waffles are amazing to me in part because it's one of my favorite things to have at brunch. Chicken and waffles, amazing combination. I don't care who disagrees. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> uh, but, um, but like, because I, I went once again, like thinking about like what kinds of meals I like to eat and starting with that stuff. So, you know, then you have a, you kind of have an impetus, you have a motivation to like start doing things that you're actually going to enjoy. And that man is just so much. And this is, this is other, other key piece, right? It's so much better for you than a lot of over-processed, um, high sodium, high fat kind of stuff. And like, I'm not the type who my, my philosophy around food is that, um, food, like food in and of itself does not have health, right? Like health is, is a, is a kind of way that we describe the characteristic of like, you know, living, living things, uh, right. And so for me, it's not like, oh, this food is healthy or unhealthy, I will say some things are more healthful. They are going to contribute mm-hmm. to better uh, outcomes for your own physical well-being. Um, so yeah, we want to be thoughtful about what we consume and why. But also part of a uh, part of how we get to that place of how how do I learn more often than not to consume healthful food is well if I learn how to prepare it in a way that's actually going to be enjoyable and delicious to me, then I have a built-in incentive and I'm less likely to, uh, you know, just be going off the rails. Cause the other thing too, is when you eat stuff that just isn't as high quality, uh, you, your body feels the difference. Yeah. And that's, that's like, sometimes you can rock with that, but a lot of times it's just not okay. Message. <laughs> right. Like, you know, without, you know, without getting too graphic, like at a certain point in life, like, yeah, you know, might want to be, you know, have that gut health, you know, and check like some adjustments. <laughs> right. And listen, stop, stop. You know what would help? Stop steaming your vegetables. Because that wateriness don't, it don't, it don't hit, you know? So stop doing yeah. that. Roast yeah. them, right? Throw a little olive oil on that thing. Throw exactly. It the, throw it in the oven. 400, 425, right? Man. Brussels sprouts. They used to be terrible. Then yeah. some scientists changed some things and the breeding of the Brussels. Biology is not my subject. I don't, it's <laughs> not my STEM subjects, but mm. they did some things and now Brussels sprouts don't suck anymore. So we can, we can have Brussels sprouts, right? Your broccoli is way better if you do it in the oven, if you roast it than it is. Listen, I'm telling you, just get some grill marks on it, you know, take it out Damn. to the grill, get some grill marks on it. It's a game changer, right? Um, so, you know, just incorporating these little things makes all the difference in the world. It really does. Like, I, th- I think that's, 
And I think if, if there's anything to really like, you know, really take home from all of this is that it doesn't take a lot to make a big difference. Like in, in, in cooking, like small techniques can make a huge difference in the outcome and the quality of your food. You know, a little herb here in the right place, like makes a big difference. Um, and in the same way, right, like taking those small steps, like you don't have to figure it all out. You don't you don't have to become a like top notch cook throwing dinner parties and stuff. But your quality of life, I guarantee, is so much better if you know how to make some of the basic things to sustain yourself. And that can also be really tasty for other people. I, 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 can't, um, I can't underscore enough, right, the way that um, being able to cook and developing like some go-to things became a great way of building social community with folks. Like uh, when folks know you can cook, they like want you to cook <laughs> and they want to invite you to things where you bring in like what are your your favorite dishes. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so all of, all of those things are I think is just part of, you know, for us to debunking and dismissing and unlearning these ideas, one that there are certain things that uh, particularly for men that were domestically incompetent. We're not. Like, I'll tell you, I've been, I've been washing my laundry and ironing my clothes and cooking and cleaning and doing all kinds of domestic work since I was a kid. And why? Because my grandmother was like, you have good sense and good ability. You can do this stuff. You just have to learn to do it and then practice doing it. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, that's, that's where I'm at. I want everybody to thrive. I want everybody to flourish. And I believe so, so many men uh, will flourish well when like they re realize, hey, you don't only have to like, you know, be steaming broccoli and having like boiled chicken breasts. Like, oh God. Yeah. I mean, that's like kind of stuff that, you know, <laughs> like bodybuilder types will have to eat, but oh, like, yeah. you don't have, you know, like you don't have to eat like that. You can have variety and enjoyment and it's not impossible to do. Like it's not, the learning curve is not so steep. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, if you if you want to eat good food, you you ought to cook it. Hey, you, bruh. Hey, do you want to eat? You should cook. That's it's not it's not rocket science. You should just cook. Yeah. <laughs> and if I could throw the throw this in, you know, for men out here who um either you know whether you're partnered or dating or whatever a great thing to do to demonstrate care and concern and to build intimacy is to cook for your partner your partner okay. your spouse your boo your bae whoever like and you, you don't have to swing illness if you're not comfortable doing it I'm at a point where I'm like, I, you know, I know my, I know my skill sets and I know how to put together something that like, like is going to be a winning hand. Right. But just the, the thought, right. Cause it's not even just the fact of you cooking, but it's like the thoughtfulness, the recognition of, Hey, this person cares about me enough to prepare food for me and to serve it to me, to plate it nicely. Right. You can do all of these things. You can, Nah, this you know this ain't necessarily like first date type stuff, right? But oh man, so let's <laughs> and, let's allow you to develop a level of intimacy such that this person would like you to cook for them. Right, right. You know, you ain't got to jump right to this, but like, it's one of those fundamental. I'm like, everyone has to eat, but what makes it different from just a necessity is when we take joy and pleasure in it. And we do it in a way that reflects and shows, hey, I care about not just your flourishing, but also your fulfillment. Yeah. I care about your enjoyment of the experience. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Don't don't ask her when you're gonna cook for me, man. Don't ask her that. Don't <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. Don't don't do that. <laughs> Listen, I want I want him asking me when. Hey, so, so Kyle, when you when you gonna cook or like, I <laughs> this is this isn't that episode. It's not. 
<laughs> but like suffice to say like man my my romantic social life has not been harmed in any way by developing my cooking skills which is to say it has been the precise opposite bolstered uplifted yes other word from the thesaurus that means the same things as those and we're at time we're, it's 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 that time thank you all for coming back with us listening to another episode of black men on learning uh we're glad to have you on this journey and we look forward to you coming back for the next one uh with that we say peace have a good one take care y'all be easy Thank you for listening to the Black Men Unlearning podcast. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Black Men Unlearning and email us at blackmenunlearning at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to podcasts.